Okay, good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're learning Maseches Psachim, Daf Nun Beis. Um, just as a, uh, a note for the upcoming week, I will be out of town starting uh, Monday. Monday, we will not have Daf Yomi in person. We will have Daf Yomi only over Zoom. That will take place starting next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We will not have Shear on Shabbos. Obviously, I'll be out of town. We will do Motzei Shabbos Daf. I'm, I presume it'll still be at 8.40. I don't know exactly. I'll have to let you know. But I will be uh, out of town starting in a week from uh, today, in a, even earlier, a week from uh, six days from now, starting Monday. And uh, we will do everything on Zoom from then. Um, tonight, we're going to be starting uh, from the bottom of Nun Aleph and Mabe, just two lines from the bottom. What we've been discussing with the, the Mishnah of Makom Shinagu in this parak. We've been discussing what happens if a person is coming from a place that has one custom or one minhag, and they move, go to a place that has a different minhag. So today we're going to be speaking about one of the famed sugyas in, in halacha, about what happens when a person is a ben Eretz Yisrael, they go to chutz arts or vice versa, as it relates to the yom and tovim. So we're not going to go into the sugya in full, but we are going to see a snippet of it right here, two lines from the bottom. Once we get down to about a third of the way down the page, we're going to be switching gears to the second half of our Mishnah, which compared our world of Makom Shinagu in place in, in place one, and then you go to place two and it's Makom Shalonagu. So we compared that to the world of Shvius. We're going to then analyze the Machlokas in our Mishnah um, for, uh, for the rest of the day, basically. We're going to stop on the top of Nun Gimel Amud Aleph about six or seven lines now, just for Michael. We're going to peel up to the Amud Aleph, just for you. Okay. Says the Gemara, Daphna Nalafum with base two lines from the bottom. Here we go, Marley Rav Safra, the Rav Abba. Kigona Nun, like those of us who live in Eretz Yisrael, we know exactly when Kviya the Yarcha is. You have a person going, they gave testimony. They said the moon looks like X, the moon looks like Y in this position in the sky. They knew when Kviya the Yarcha was. They knew exactly when, when Pesach was going to be. They knew when Rosh Chodesh was. They knew everything. So by us, then what's the halacha in regards to keeping Yom Tov Sheni Shel Goliath, says the Gemara, in the Yishu, we will not do work, because it will cause for problems. So says the Rashi, the first Rashi on the page, Rashi gives some context about what we're talking about. And Rashi says, here's the context. The context is, He says, I'm not going to shake things up for them. I live in Eretz Yisrael. I'm a Ben Eretz Yisrael. I only keep one day of Yantiv. And I'm, I happen to be in Chutzar. So Yishuv, when I'm around other people, when a place has people in it. So then the din is that we don't mess around. We don't mix up the Minhagen. If I'm a Ben Eretz Yisrael and I'm in Chutzar, so I keep second day like everybody else. Maybe you should put on tefillin bitzina. That's what some of the posts can write that a person who's a Ben Eretz Yisrael should taka put on tefillin. It's one thing for the Bnei Chutz Aretz that we don't put on tefillin because we know that the Chachamim, the Koch, Biar Chachamim, Lakor, Dovrminator, Besheva Al Tasset, that we, the Chachamim, had the power to uproot a mitzvah, Sasei Shel Torah, Besheva Al Tasset, provided that you weren't doing an action. This is a lack of action. You're simply not putting them on. So therefore, there's no Isser not putting on tefillin on those days. Just goes to show you the power of a minute. Tefillin is Doraisa. Minute is not Doraisa. Afalpika and the Chachamim had the power to uproot uh, Tefillin. Nevertheless, be of top line and Beis Medalaf be Yishuv lo Avidna. We're not going to do any Malacha. Mishinu Hamachlokes. However, be Mid Barmai. What would happen if I'm not in the Yishuv? What would happen if I'm in the middle uh, of nowhere, absolute nowhere, Illinois? We have a lot of places like that in our state. And let's say that's where I am, and I'm a Ben Eretz Yisrael. So then what's the halacha? So it says the Gemara, second line, Ravami. This is what Ravami says, He says, when it comes to Yishuv, one should not do any malacha whatsoever. 
that would not be appropriate. Um, but when it comes to uh, the midbar, when there's no one around, not, not in the issue of when you're by yourself in a closed room, not that. When mom is you're in a, a location that has nobody in it. So that's where the Shulchan Aruch picks up. If you have a page, great. If not, I'll just read it quickly from the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, this is Simon Tuf Tzadi Vav Sif Gimel. So it's a page on the top that's Kuf Gimel. I'm just apologizing to those of you in Zoom land. I, I, I forgot to scan it into my computer. I apologize. Uh, but I will read and translate clearly. The, here the Shulchan Aruch writes, B'nei Eretz Yisrael Shabau L'chutz You have people who live in Israel and they came to Chutz La'aretz. Asurim, Lasos Malacha B'yom Tov Sheni. It's forbidden to do Malacha on the second day of Yantav. Top of the next page, the Yishu, in a place where people actually live, Afilu Daito Lachzor. Even if your intent is to go back to Eretz Yisrael, you're only visiting. Now, Lacha is the Yishuv. You're not allowed to do any Malacha. If you have yet to get to the Yishuv, and the Mishnah explains what that means, but basically when you're not in the community, even if you have no intention on returning the Malachas, you can still do Malacha as an Israeli. Until you get to that community, you are not yet like them. Once you get to the community where people live, and you plan on sticking around, then you become like them. You're moving, you're making a Yerida, you're moving from Eretz Yisrael to America. So then you're like one of the people. And we use the Tchum as one of our parameters to ensure that one should not... Um, that one uh, should know that they should not be uh, keeping malacha. This is, they should not be doing, doing malacha on the second day of Yantav. This is halacha lemaisa, quoted in the Shulchan Aruch. This is a super complicated sugya, of course. Please ask your local Orthodox rabbi. But as a general rule, when we as Americans go to Eretz Yisrael, we should keep two days. And if you're Israeli and you're in an American culture, you should keep halacha as it stands, like uh, seemingly like uh, B'nai Chutzlaretz, with a couple of exceptions. Number one is mentioned putting on tefillin b'tzina privately. And number two is even if you daven and shul with everybody else, you should say a weekday Shmona Esra. Let's continue in the Gemara with another Dindar Abbanan and says the Gemara three lines from the top in Be'ez Maral, Rav Nasan Bar Asya, Azami Be'i Rav L'Fum Pedisa B'yom Tov Sheni Shalatzeres. Rav Nasan Bar Asya took a walk from the yeshiva of Rav to Pumpedisa on the second day of Shavuos. The problem is, right, the Mephorshim, right, the Rishonim, that this is more than the Tchum. It's more than 2,000 Amos. So that's Nisr Darabanan. Maybe on Shabbos, we hope there's Tchum Shabbos is Nisr Daraisa, but on, on, uh, on Yom Tov Sheni Shal Galios, the whole day is Darabanan. So Pasha that the Tchum Shabbos was Darabanan. So this was the third century of Amorayim at this point. Shamte Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef was the Rav at that time. And Shamte, this uh, language is Shamte, means he put him into excommunication. He said, this guy can't get an aliyah. He's a zero in, in the community. Nothing doing. He's done. Amr Abaye. Abaye was a Talmud of Rabbi Yosef. And he said, We should have given this person Malkos. Why are we, uh, why are we only giving him Shante? Why are we only giving him excommunication? Amr he said to him, uh, again, challenge in the Machlokas here, I gave him the, the more Machmir version. The more Machmir version is excommunication. Just think about the Gemara's psychology. Excommunication is worse than pain. That's uh, what the Gemara seems to assume here. And says the Gemara, how do we know that this is true? In the West, always a reference to Eretz Yisrael. Um, they, when it came to the Barbe Rav, when it came to the people in the community that are Tamil and they would not give them the worst punishment uh, of Shamta, of, uh, of excommunication when they would violate an Israel. They would only give them, only give them the Makas Mardus. Uh, we know not Malkos. Malkos are typically a reference to a, an Israelav that a person does a Lapshiyesh Bamaisa, which is not Nitakla, say whatever the parameters are. But here, what we're talking about is by Nisr Durabana, and the Chachamim had the power to give Malkos 
on a Durabanan level, they refer to an halachas makas martyrs. That's what the Mephorshim here write in, as well in regards to these malchus. Nevertheless, in this first version of the story, when Rav Nassim Bar Asya walked to Trum Shabbos on the Yom Tov Shani Shalgalios on the second day of Shavuos, from Bey Rav, from the base Medrash of Rav to Pumpadisa, they gave this person a shanta. They gave him a very strong, uh, very strong con- consequence. Says the Gemara, Ika de Amri, seven lines down or so, eight lines down, Ika de Amri. There's another version of this story that when that when Rav Nassim Bar Asya Taka did actually walk and violate the halachos of Tchum Shabbos, Ika de Amri Nagde Rav Yosef, he actually did give him the Malkos. Amr le'abaye, nishmatemar, why didn't you give him, uh, why didn't you give him the worst of the two consequences? You should have given him excommunication, says the Gemara. After all, the Rav Ishmul Damri Tarvai Minadin Eshnei Yamim Tovim Shal Galios. So when a person violates the Isser Durabanan of Yom Tov Shenei Shal Galios, the din is that they should be menude, that they should, they should get menude as a, as a, as a synonym for, for nishmate, that they should get, uh, they should be excommunicated, they should be put into cherem. Omar Lay, he said back to him, Rabbi Yosef, the Rebbe said back to the Talmud, that consequence only goes to the regular people. Here, what, we're, what are we talking about? We're going to give them the lesser of the two consequences. So here, there's a reverse svar that maybe it's not the worst one to get the, to get the cherem. Okay, different versions here. But the point is that Ravasa... Rav Nassan Bar Asa, Rav Bar Asya did violate Nusr Durabanan. So some of the Mephorshim are very bothered by this. This was a Talmud Chacham Amora. What was he doing walking at Chum Shabbos? He, like he didn't know what was going on here. So this, a, a beautiful svara actually. What, why, would, why was he even willing to walk this? So he had a, a beautiful svara. First of all, maybe Chum Shabbos is only Nusr Durabanan. Second of all, everyone agrees that Yom Tov Shenishel Galius is a minhag. So by him, he paskin that it's lakula, it's mutter. It's not a regular day of Yantif. It's not day one of Yantif. It's not even like Rosh Hashanah, Yom Richta, day one, day two, or combo. It's a Yom Tov Sheni Shal Galios. Everyone agrees that it's going to be a day that's rooted in Minhag and not a day that's rooted in Dine Del Raisa. So therefore, he coupled together these two things. Number one, he held that Tchum Shabbos is not a Din Del Raisa, uh, even on a regular Shabbos. And number two is that he felt that because Yom Tov Sheni was a Minhag, so it was therefore not applicable. That's how he violated the Yisr. We're now going to be starting a new section of the Gemara, one-third of the way down in Beis and Aleph. Uh, please join me. Flip back just one page, because on the top of Daf Nunam and Beis, we have the second half of our Mishnah. And the second half of our Mishnah begins on the top line of Nunam and Beis, and the Mishnah there reads, Bo. We have a similar case in regards to following the customs of the, lo- of the local location, which was, as the Mishnah there writes on the top of Nunam and Beis, HaMolich Peros Shviz Mimakom Shekalu. That if a person took Paris of Shviz fruits during a Shemitah year from a place of Kalu where they stopped growing and they brought it to a place of low Kalu where the fruit is, has not stopped growing or the reverse, that you that requires beer, that's Shemitah, you're not allowed to use that. But Yehuda Amar, and this was the cryptic answer that we said yesterday, it was difficult to understand, is he said, two days ago, sorry. Um, we don't even know what this means. Go and, and bring for you, even you. We don't even we don't even know what it means. So the Gemara is very bothered by this. And as we begin this Gemara, back to where we are in Beis Madalev, one third of the way down, the Gemara assumes that Rabbi Yehuda was being the Mekel and saying it's okay, don't worry about it. 
And let's see how the Gemara paints this picture. Says the Gemara one third of the way down. Nun This is of course a quote of the Machlokas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda on the top of Nun Beis in the Mishnah, beginning of Parak of Parak Makom Shinagu. But less later, Rabbi Yehuda. Does Rabbi Yehuda not agree to the first part of the Mishnah? Doesn't he agree with the beginning? How could he just say, just bring fruits from another locale, import? That's basically how the Gemara understands Rabbi Yehuda's answer, this cryptic answer that he says on the top of Nunamid Beis, where he says this language of Tzei Afata. So the Gemara's first understanding of, um, of Shitas Rabbi Yehuda is that he's saying, bring food from a place where Lokalu, bring food from a place where the Shvis has not yet stopped growing, so it's still mutter to, to use. So says the Gemara that, uh, how, how do we explain Rabbi Yehuda? Amar of Shisha, Ravidi, Milsach Risi, Kam Rabbi Yehuda. You totally missed the boat here. Let me give you an, a, a paint a picture for you as to what Rabbi Yehuda really meant. Now, before we do answer number one, I want to let you know that there are five answers, and we'll plow through all of them. They're all subtleties, and they're all seemingly close to one another, though uh, with significant enough differences to make distinctions. Here is answer number one, almost halfway down. Amar of Shisha, Ravidi, Milsach Risi, Kam Rabbi Yehuda. Here's Pshat in the Mishnah. What does our Mishnah say? Oh, maybe maybe the, the Shvis was taken from a place where it had yet to finish growing. And it was brought to a place which had yet to finish growing. And so I brought food from a place where the Shvis had not yet stopped growing. Now I have it in my new location. Shvis hasn't stopped growing. It's not yet us. Good. We're good to go. It hasn't stopped growing yet. It hasn't stopped uh, uh, growing in that location. However, Vishama, I heard in, in this new location, Vishama Shekalabimakomo. So then if I hear, no, 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 in location one where you came from, you went from West Rogers Park to Skokie, and West Rogers Park has stopped growing already. So then maybe we should have to be Mavayer. That's what the Tanakama Tzchayav Mavayer comes along. Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Tzei No, when we took it from that place, what was the status? It had yet to stop growing. So it's totally mutter. There's no reason to have to be, to be Mavayer. So the Tanakama held in this case that if you brought the fruits from a place where it didn't yet stop growing, and then you hear a rumor that it stopped growing. We don't care. We don't care, says Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanakam is machmir. So Rabbi Yehuda is a lenient one. On that note, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda can't be the lenient one. Says the Gemara, Lememra, are you trying to tell me to Rabbi Yehuda Lekula Kamar? Rabbi Yehuda was the one who was being a mekil? No, no way was he the lenient one in our Mishnah. Why not? Because that's not correct. You must have mis- you must have misunderstood the shita of Rabbi Yehuda. You must have misunderstood the machlokas between them. There's no way, says the Gemara. There's no way that Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah is the mekil. To review, answer number one was that we took the peros of Shviz from a location where the peros hadn't yet stopped growing. So it's not going to be chayat to be mavari yet, according to Rabbi Yehuda. Says the Gemara, you're being too lenient. We know Rabbi Yehuda is the machmer one. So then the Gemara presents its second answer. Ella, you're right. Epoch. Reverse the shitas. Really, the Tanakhama in our Mishnah was the one who said, Eino uh, chayav levayer. And comes along Rabbi Yehuda, and he adds the machmer shita and says that you are chayav levayer. How do we read the words of the Mishnah that were so cryptic, so enigmatic of Rabbi Yehuda? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, from the place that you got it from, and now they've stopped growing. We reinterpret the words so that Rabbi Yehuda can be the machmer. That's answer number two. Answer number three, really, it's, uh, it's really uh, as we just stipulated with the new language. Let's see how, how he understands the machlokas between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yehuda. This is version number three. Here's version number three, says the Gemara. Maybe the fruits came from a place of low color where they're still growing. They have, they have yet to stop growing. And you brought it to a place where they were kalu. 
So I brought them from West Rogers Park. The vegetation had not yet stopped growing. I went to Skokie and the vegetation there stopped growing, but I didn't eat them there. Then I went back home and it's still growing in my backyard. So nothing's changed, status quo. So there says the Gemara, the Tanakama would say, and Rabbi Huda would come along and be the Machmer. You brought them to a location. Yes, your starting point and your ending point were the same city and the vegetation is still growing there. It shouldn't be Chayv Levayer there. It's still not Shviz yet. However, you brought it to a city where that vegetation in that city was Chayv Levayer and that is problematic. So that's why uh, the Rabbi Huda in this case would say that it's problematic. So uh, again, another Another way to slice the Machlokas and the Mishnah um, on Nunam and Beis, on the top of Nunam and Beis between the Tanakam and Rabbi Huda, asks the Gemara, wait a minute, wait a minute. You started in City X. In City X, this food hadn't stopped growing yet. You brought it to City Y where the food stopped growing, but then you brought the food back to your hometown of City X. What's the problem? What's the problem? Ask the Gemara, Maskif law, Rav Ashi, the Rav Yehuda, 10 lines from the bottom. I don't understand. Atu agaba de chamra kaltinu. Just because the vegetation sat on the back of an animal, you went, you walked in a circle. You went from city X to city Y back to city X. So in the city X where you're about to eat it, it's still low color. The food hasn't stopped, hasn't stopped uh, being harvested yet. hasn't stopped growing yet. So I don't understand. Just because the fruit was on the back of the animal that went to city Y where it was color, where it did stop growing, all of a sudden it's shviz. Who cares? By the way, the language of kaltinhu, this should be a throwback to Shabbos. When something's in the air. Namely, because the, the, the chamor with the, the food on the back walked through the airspace of another city, all of a sudden it gets the status of shviz. That's, that's like so sensitive. It's a very sensitive guideline that we're saying that this is shviz. So therefore, eight, nine lines from the bottom, Elo Amar Ravashi, here's answer number four, approach number four. You misunderstood everything. None of this has to do with what you think. This machlokas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda's Bipluta Dahani Tanoi. It's really just rooted in a machlokas of other Tanoim from, where was this? Is this in Shabbos, I think? No? From Shaviz. Yeah. Yeah, it says Shaviz. So it says the Gemara, what's the Machlokas Tanaim? To which we can compare our Machlokas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Huda. Says the Gemara, that's not. You have three different types of vegetation and they're all sitting in brine and vinegar. They're all sitting in some type of liquid in one container. I, let's say you have cucumbers and you have peppers and you have another vegetable that I can't think of. Pick one. Or carrots. There you go. Okay, all three of them are sitting there. So big Machlokas in the Tanaim. Three-way Machlokas in the Tanaim. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, you can eat until one of them is kalu, till one of them stops growing in the in, out in the fields. And after that point, we treat all of them to be shviz. That's a machmer shita. Here's the most lenient shita. Rabbi Yeshua Omer Afala Achron, even while the last one uh, is uh, still not yet kalu, you can still eat all of them, even though some of them are kalu, you're still allowed to eat them, no problem. Rabbi Gamliel Omer, we're going to be very practical. We're not going to be extreme and say it's all or none. It depends on what's going on. If the carrots all of a sudden stopped growing, take out the carrots. You can't eat those anymore. Now it's going to be eligible for shviz because it stopped growing in the field, so you can't eat it anymore out of the barrel, so throw it out. But the other two vegetables are going to be fine. Why are you going to be so so sweeping? Just say what, just talk about each individual vegetable. The carrots stopped growing, the carrots are problematic. So this says the Gemara Halacha Kidvarov that we paskin like uh, Rabban Gamliel, Halacha Kidvarov that we hold like him. A very practical answer. How does this compare to our Mishnah? Thank you so much to Rashi for explaining this because I had no idea learning it on my own. The first of the longest lines of Rashi within the middle of Dibur Hamaschel Af Al Ha'achron, a couple lines in, first of the longest lines. Rashi reads as follows. The Tana Demas Nisan, the author of our Mishnah in the beginning of Perek Makom Shinagu. 
the Mishnah is quoted on the top of Nunamid Beis. That machlokas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda Bahapligi. Here's what they're arguing about. The Tanakama Savar. He holds like Rabbi Yoshua in a more lenient way and says, Ein Very good. And if you skip to the next line, it says, um, uh, where is this? Um, in the Shita Rabbi Yehuda, if you look at the last few lines, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, whatever, whatever the realities are on the ground, they are on the ground. Like Rabban Gamliel, so the Machlokas in our Mishnah between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda correlates to the Machlokas in this Mishnah and Shviz between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabban Gamliel. Ravina, Ravina, three lines from the bottom. Ravina says, close, but not quite. Really, the Machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah, Nunam and Beis, is based on a different Mishnah. Really, here's the machloka. It says the Gemara, the Tanya, uh, the Tanya, the, Bryser, the Mishnah writes, Ochlin betmarin achi One sheet holds that you're allowed to eat dates off of a tree until it's colored. What, what is the end point of food growing as it relates to the dates? It's achron shebetzor in the city of Tzor, where there was a, a huge market, orchards and orchards filled with uh, dates until the last ones stopped growing until the end. Good, that's going to be the sheet of the Tanakama. However, Rashbag Omer, turning to the top of Nunbez and Mubez, Rashbag Omer, Rashbag says, Ochlen al Shel Bain Hakipin, even if it's going to be within the branches, but provided that Vein Ochlen al Shel Bain Hashitsin, but it can't be that if it's only amongst the thorns. So a little bit of a later time in the process, fine. So that's the Machlokas. And, and with that, we end our five different iterations of how to understand the Mishnah on the top of Nunamud Beis, continuing from the beginning of the Perek, the Machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda. Again, these five uh, different opinions, which uh, begin in the middle of Nunbez Amud Aleph and wrap up to the top of Nunbez Amud Beis. So we've been saying in regards to Shviz that as long as the food is, has, uh, is, has stopped growing outside in the street, uh, outside in the, in the farms, so once it stops growing, then it's going to be triggered for shviz. So it says the Gemara, but like, like within what location? Like, does it apply for all of Eretz Yisrael's one location? Like, what if in Eilat it's, it's, it's not growing anymore, but in the Golan it is growing different elevations? We'll speak about that shortly as well. So it says the Gemara, says the Gemara don't worry, I'll answer that question for you. Nunbez and Mubez, two lines down. It's not awesome. We have a Mishnah. The Mishnah writes in Masecha Shviz yet again. Shalosh Artsos Libyur. When we look as to whether or not a food has stopped growing, and therefore it's eligible for Shvius, we have three different locales within Eretz Yisrael. It's a very simple breakdown. Yehuda, Be'ever Hayardain, Vigalil. These are the three locations, and that's it. And within each one of those, there were three types of landscapes. V'shalosh Artsos, Bechol Achas V'achas. There's valleys, and there's plateaus, and then there's going to be uh, there's going to be mountains, and there's different climates and different elevations, different moisture levels, different sun access, a whole bunch of differences. So, so these there's really nine types of locations. There's three within each of these three larger locations of Yehuda, Eber Hayardin, and the Galil. V'lama Amru Shalosh Artsos Labir. Why did they uh, split up Eretz Yisrael in that way? So answer the Gemara in the following way. We wanted to make sure that we had clear parameters as to when Shviz is considered to be triggered, which is when a food stops growing. And the Gemara is going to now analyze what kind of answer is that? So what? The, what? You get to choose what the breakdown is? So says the Gemara as follows. How do we know that all of this is true? Because the Pasuk tells us that this is true. 
And here's the drusha for the animals that are in your land. Here's the drusha. Ten lines down. Nun beis and beis. Kolzman shechayam ocheles min for the entire time that an animal is eating this food in the field, namely the food is lokalu, the food is still available and still growing, then then don't worry, your domesticated animals, the cows that you have on your farm, whatever, I don't know if those are called domesticated, but they're not in the wild. For as long as animals can access this food in the wild, you're allowed to feed it to your animals at home. However, but if the animals in the field, are, they lose access, the food stops growing. So then, we have a tradition as well. The animals that live in one locale do not eat the fruits or, or vegetables from a different locale. And vice versa. So that's how we have a tradition. That's basically the answer to the Gemara. We know that there are different locations based on a pasuk. Um, we know that the Pasuk has limitations that were that when the food is no longer edible, when, when there's no longer food growing, that then that vegetation is triggered for Shviz. So says the Gemara, we just have a tradition. It's we have a Masora that uh, animals only eat within certain parameters. And these are the three cities of the Galil of Yehuda and Aver Hayarden. Says the Gemara, a little bit of a question on this. We see a Tosefta. The Tosefta is uh, located in Masecha Shvi, so we won't find it in the Mishnayis there, but it is in the in the Tosefta. Tanu Rabbanon, one third of the way down, Nun Beis Mebeis says the Gemara, we have a little bit of a problem. You just use the Pasuk of Beretzecha. Well, it seems to be that that Pasuk was used already. Where was that Pasuk used? It was used in this Tosefta. Peiros, Shiyat, Let's say that a person takes fruits of Eretz Yisrael and they take them out of, uh, of Eretz Yisrael, they go to Chutzarts. So then, Misbaran Bechol Makom Shehin, the Tanakama holds, that you have to burn the shviz wherever you are. However, Rav Shem ben Elazar says, sorry, no, no. You got to take the peros back to Eretz Yisrael. They have to be burned there. They can't be burned in Chosar. They have to be burned in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so that's the Tosefta. He used the word Baratzecha. Says the Gemara, but wait a minute. Ha'apikte. We already used this word. Apik means to extract or to take out. Apik yas. What's the language from Karibon? We use I sang the song earlier today to remember the words, and then I forgot them standing here. Thank you. Take out my nation. So take out. We've already taken out. We've already used this word of our Zecha. We can't use it twice. Can't use the same Jerusha twice. So the Gemara is like, easy to get around. Two answers. You could have said Be'aretz. What is Be'aretz? With the extra Chav Sofis. So therefore, we have an extra letter to make a drasha. Or, says the Gemara, Inami, may I share from the word I share, which wasn't used for a drasha. That's easy to solve. That's an easy problem to solve. Then says the Gemara, a story about this idea. Rav Safra, Nafak, may Eretz Yisrael Rav Safra, he went out of Eretz Yisrael. And Hava Bahadei Garba Dechamra Deshviz. And he had with him... A, uh, a barrel, it wasn't a barrel, it was like a sleeve of some kind that had wine in it that was made out of shviz. Garba de Chamer de Shviz. Now, when he was traveling, he wasn't alone. When he traveled, he had these two great Amorim with him. He had Rav Hunabre de Ravika and Rav Kahana. Amar Lahur, Rav Safra said to these two uh, Amorim, he says, Ika the two of you are in Shir by Rabbi Abba. Let's see if you guys learned anything, a little faher. Do, do you know what the din is? Do we paskin like the Tanakama that you don't have to bring Shviz back to Eretz Yisrael to burn it? Or do we paskin like Rav Shimon ben Elazar that you have to bring the Shviz back to Eretz Yisrael to burn it? Which one is it? So Amalei Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana pipes up. He's like, I think I remember. He said, I think we paskin the Chumrah that you have to bring back the Shviz back to Eretz Yisrael in order to burn it. 
However, he says to his Chavrus, he says, you remembered incorrectly. That's not what Rabbi said. Rabbi Abahu did not say that. What he said was, Halacha is that you're not supposed to uh, go back. You don't have to go back. We don't pass like Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. You can burn the Shavis wherever you are. It says the Gemara Ayesod. Amar of Safra. Nikot haklala de Ravuna biadecha. Whenever there's a machlokas and Ravuna berei de Ravika is involved, Ravuna berei de Ravika wins. Why does he win? Because he was an excellent Talmud. He was so careful, so meduyak. He was he was meduyak and gomar, and he learned shmai to say the the shear from his rebbe. He would learn things with such a clarity of language. He he was so exacting when he would repeat things back from his rebbe. He was no different than rechava de pumpadisa. A very specific, detailed language. So because we see that Rechava de Pumpadisa was so specific about quoting Rabbi Huda from, from whom he learned, so he was considered to be that person. We've seen this elsewhere in Shas. I don't remember where, but oh, it actually says we're all done. We saw it here, Yud Gimel. Okay, we saw it earlier in the Masechta that Rechava was very specific in his language. So too says the Gemara, says Rav Safra, that Rehuna Berei de Ravika is correct. And what that means is that Ladina, that if a person were to take Shvis out of Eretz Yisrael, Peres Shvis or Chamra the Garba, whatever it was, Garba the Chamra, so then the halacha is you can burn it there and you don't have to bring it back because we don't pass in like Rosh Hashem Kari Alei Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says about uh, this uh, sheet of holding like uh, Rav Huna, the lenient sheet, Ami Be'etzo Yishael, Umaklo Yagid Lo, play on the words Umaklo from the word Mekel, Kol HaMekel Lo, Magid Lo, he's saying the right thing. This touches on a whole number of ideas of koach de tera adif and following the kulas, and it, it's got to be right. No one would ever say that it, the answer is makeup when they weren't sure. Fine. Last sugya for the night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last sugya for the night. This will take us up to the top of Nun Gimel Aleph. Says the Gemara, three fourths of the way down, Rabbi Loi cuts kafniasa uh, de shvis. He cut down a tree of uh, undergrown dates. Uh, how is he allowed to do this? Says the Gemara, these should be available for food. They shouldn't be cut down. One should not cut down trees without permission. said, not just to ruin them and just use it for the wood. And if you want to say, that the only time that there's an Isra to cut down a tree, that's when it's Nachis Lapiro, when you're going to get full fruits out of it. But where the fruits are not going to grow so well, then who cares if you cut down the tree? No problem at all. The fruits are not growing well, I can cut it down. Well, that can't be an answer because even the Mishale de Orla, these things that are just coverings of the fruit, they're not really fruit yet, but we're not allowed to cut them down because they are a Shomer for the priest. Even though it's true that at this point, the tree has not yet produced fruit, only the protection of the fruit so Rav Nachman there said, sorry, you're not allowed to cut that down. So you can't tell me that just because it's not growing great fruits right now that you're allowed to cut down the tree. That's not correct. Rav Nachman said otherwise. Says the Gemara, the Shomer, the Peri Amos Hava, the Kufre. What, uh, what phase were they in? They were in the phase of Kufre, which is very, very small fruits. And therefore, not even, they were just baby buds of fruits. They were nothing. The Kakari, the Hupire, we still see that we call them fruits. So we see that Rav Nachman was strict that you weren't allowed to cut things down, even if they were underdeveloped. So answers the Gemara, Rav Nachman, this sheet of Rav Nachman, the strict sheet of Rav Nachman, that even the small little itty bitty types of fruits that are growing, they're not even, they're not edible. They're not ready to be eaten. They're just coverings. They're called Pire, but that's only Rav Nachman because he holds like Rav Yossi. 
Shupri. He holds that even the tiniest elements of the of fruit are going to be considered to be a pri. That's a sheet of Rabbi But And according to the opinion of Rabbi Lai, who cut down the tree, he holds like the Rabbanan, who says that we don't treat smadar. We don't treat the small, small, tiny little specks of fruit as fruit. They're nothings. They're nothings. So seemingly the Gemara is... Uh, the Gemara, which teaches that Rabbi Lai cut down the date tree of Shviz, was following with, not with the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, but rather with the sheet of the Rabbana. But the Gemara questions this five lines from the bottom of the base. It says the Gemara, Maski Flor of Simi Minarda, Umi Pali Rabbana, Lanos. They don't argue everywhere. They only argue under certain circumstances. Let's see what the real Machlokes is. Says the Gemara, Vatsnan, we have a Mishnah. This Mishnah is found in Masechah's Brachos and Shviz, found in a couple of places. So we've learned this before. It says the Gemara, From when is one not allowed to cut down trees during Shviz? Once there's a little bit of growth. It depends on the tree. If it's a carob tree, from the time that there's rooting. If it's a grapevine, this is a point in the growth of the grapes. Once there's a little flower growing from the zesim, all other trees, this from when they have any growth. Uh, all of these are the same exact things. Pula Lavan, however, is a bean. So what do you mean, Pula Lavan, a white bean? Ask the Gemara, Pula Lavan, white beans grow on trees? They're legumes. Legumes grow on the ground. Absolutely not. Says the Gemara, of course not. That's not what I meant. We're just talking about uh, a size that's like a Pula Lavan, just using it as, again, a yardstick, as a sample of, of what type of size we're talking about, what type of size of growth. Not, not, it wasn't the tiniest millimeter of growth that, uh, that they held was fruit only if it was a pool of love and it was the size of a bean, whatever the size of that bean was. Uman Shamas laid Amar Bosir in Smadarlo, who is the one who says that there are some different standards as to when a tree can, can be cut down. That's Rabbanon, the Katani Shar Kolilanos Mishayotziu. That's a sheet of the Rabbanon. So you tried to say earlier that the Rabbanon were the ones who didn't have the issue of cutting down the tree, and maybe Rabbi Loy was leaning on their sheet. That can't be, because we see the Rabbanon have, have their own Isurim. They have Rabbanon have their own standards, which are they're not the same as Rabbiosis, but it's not like card blanc. You can just cut down a tree whenever you want. And if it's a tree of trees, the Rabbanon had Isurim also. So Rabbi Loy could not have been leaning on the sheet of the Rabbanon, because we see here that uh, the Rabbanon were of the opinion that so answers the Gemara, and with this line we'll close. What type of tree was he cutting down? He was cutting down a special tree of Bidenischni. Rashi, just to our right, a centimeter down. Rashi It was the date of a male tree. They'll never grow to that size of, of being edible. So that's what we're talking about. What type of tree was Rabbi Lai cutting down that we started with three-fourths from the bottom of the page? We said Rabbi Lai cuts kafniyasa the shviz. He cut down a tree during shviz, says the Gemara. He cut down a tree whose fruits will never, ever grow. They grow to a minimal, minimal, minimal amount, and they never grow past that olami, as Rashi explains. And that's why it was mutter. It wasn't because they held like the Rabbanan. You can't hold like the Rabbanan. The Rabbanan would not have been matir such a thing. They were only allowed to do it because the tree itself would never grow. So uh, please God, these will be halachos that apply soon, that when one is going to cut down a shviz tree, it's mutter, as long as it's a tree, that that's fruits will never uh, will never come to bear a reasonable size. If they're always going to remain small and inedible, so then that's considered bidenischani cuts. That, that's the tree that Rabbi Lai cut down. We'll stop here. Here's Hashem will pick up tomorrow night with Tana Rabbanan, eight lines down from Nun Gimel Wishing you all a beautiful night. Um, uh,